So I bet we are all <laughs> about to go uh, stir crazy because, um, let's see, it's been two days of shutdown here where I live. And um, although I am essential, meaning that I get to go to work and I get to uh, kind of drive around a little bit, um, most everybody's told to stay in place if you're non-essential, which it's funny because the essential list is really, really long and the non-essential is not very big. Um, but it got me thinking about trips and about planning. And that's what I was going to talk to you guys about today. Um, I think when this is all said and done, I am going to plan out my Kansas trip. Um, you know, I've been to Arkansas a ton and, and don't get me wrong, I'm going to go there a ton more, but I kind of have a feeling I know my way around Arkansas a little bit and that I can do that fairly easily and um, because I know where certain spots are, um, it, it makes it easier to navigate through um, whatever it is that you use to navigate with. I happen to use Gaia. I really, really, really like Gaia. I like the way it's laid out. Um, and I know that some people prefer other methods, but I think quite a few of you guys use Gaia. Um, and so I am going to plan a Kansas trip and that trip is going to be, um, kind of base, basically routed in the, in the Flint Hills area. And I'm going to start opening up some of my Gaia maps and then also, um, Google earth and different things like that to find out kind of the trail that I want to take. And then also reach out to a few people that I know that live in Kansas and kind of see what they have to say. I I've done it before. I've reached out to a few people and they've given me some good tips and, uh, and I need to build a route. So one of the questions I have for you guys is when you start planning out a trip, do you actually plan out your route like turn by turn? Or do you like look at a map and go, I want to get to X destination and um, you just kind of start driving down roads? Um, depends on where you're at. Uh, I like the find a destination and drive down roads. But I have found that while driving around in Arkansas, that's not really the best thing to do in certain areas, especially in national forests, because they don't put signs on their roads that certain areas are closed. Um, certain roads are closed. You have to have the, um, the motor vehicle, whatever it is, map overlay on your whatever map system you use to find out if those roads are in act. In, in, in act are actually closed or if they're open for you to be able to, I meant to say active, for, open for you to be able to drive down. Um, never even knew that was a thing until I started really going to Arkansas quite a bit. And I don't think that Kansas has that same issue because they don't have any national forest or anything like that. Um, but it's, it's kind of become something that I have to think about or that I think about subconsciously because of the time that I've spent in Arkansas. Um, so yeah, and and there's a, 
It stinks because I really want to go to Little Jerusalem Badlands, but that's in like a whole other part of Kansas. Like where I'm probably going to explore is in the south, um, southeast area. Um, and the Little Jerusalem Badlands, I think I'm saying it right, is actually in the northwest area. So probably not going to get to somewhere like that on this trip. But, uh, but yeah, so... If you're on the Facebook pages, if that's how you found the podcast, because I'm gonna I'm gonna link this on my All Over Overland um, Facebook page, um, tell me on there what kind of mapping system that you use when you go out or when you plan a trip, and and kind of how do you do that? Do you you know like I said, do you do the turn by turn, or do you just pick a destination and then just kind of start going down some county roads or or back roads or or whatever? Um, or do you have like several destinations kind of pinged and you let, uh, maybe, maybe you just let your GPS take you to those places. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of in a crossroads, you know, I think I'm going to start planning a little bit more turn by turn, um, whenever I do my mapping. Now, obviously if, if I get a track of something that somebody's already been or somebody's already made it, then I'll pretty much follow that to a T. Um, and you know, I mean, of course things happen along the way, like a bridge is out or, you know, you, you get down to some place and the road's closed or your vehicle, you don't want to, you don't want to go down a, a terribly technical area cause you do have to get home. Like there's all kinds of things that come into play. You know, if you're alone, if you're with a group, you know, all those different things. But, uh, yeah, a lot of us are going to be sitting at home and just kind of getting stir crazy and, the first thing that we can start doing to to get us back into thinking about overlanding is get your maps out and start looking at them and start trying to figure out, you know, what's a realistic um, plan um, for a trip that you're going to take whenever all this is over. And then maybe even start thinking about that trip that's, you know, two to five years out, you know, that big trip that you've always wanted to take. Maybe start researching that and start getting notes for that. So we're gonna have plenty of time, it seems like, to to look at maps and to Google different things in you know on the internet to to research and kind of decide. And then you know use Facebook groups, um, either local groups to where you're wanting to go, or bigger groups like like mine and like um, Overlanding USA um, and different things like that to reach out to people and say, hey. I'm kind of thinking I'm going to go in this area. What are some things that I really need to look out for? What are some things that I need to be aware of? Maybe that's the same thing, but what are some places that I need to go to? You know, some people are reluctant on giving you an exact track or an exact camping spot that they've gone to. And then there's some people that are be like, dude, I am so, I was so thrilled with this trip. Let me send you the track on that. So it goes both ways, and, and don't ever be bashful. Don't ever be be shy to ask for help when it comes to planning out a route or, you know, kind of what places you want to go see or, you know, even if somebody's not going to give you their exact campsite, just say, just maybe ask like, hey, look, in your experience in that area, are there places to camp? You know, I'm not asking for your place to camp, but are there decent places to camp? Um, in that area or do, you know, I need to drive a little, you know, a little further. Um, and hopefully people are honest with you and, and give you good advice. Um, 
there's several apps out there. Um, iOverland um, is one of them that'll show you, you know, kind of like places people have stayed and different things like that. So, um, and give good reviews and sometimes even photographs of the area that they, they camped in. Um, so keep all those things in mind. And like I said, we're just, I don't know about you, but you know, even though I'm able to go out and do some things for work, um, coming home and feeling like I'm trapped inside the house is not very fun at all. I don't like it. That's not in my DNA. That's not the way I'm made. And uh, if you found this podcast and if you continue to listen to it, I'm going to say that you're probably the same way. Um, We're a little bit more maybe nomadic than um, your average person out there because we do like adventure. We do like traveling from campsite to campsite. Um, It's not, you know... (laughs) Don't get me wrong. We're probably okay going and staying at a place for a couple days. Like, that happens. I've had great times whenever I've done that. Um, I love to set up a base camp and then go explore out of there. But probably 80% of the time, maybe even more, um, I change my campsite, you know, whenever I go somewhere. And uh, and I enjoy doing that. I really do. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I like the Gazelle T4 tent. Now, I've got the T4. It's a little bit bigger. The T3 is the smaller one. Um, probably could have done with the T3, but uh, but I got the T4. I really enjoy it. I like how fast it is to set up and even to break down. And I'm one of those that, uh, that if it takes me too long, I'm probably not going to do it. Probably not. Um, and if I had the money, I probably would get a rooftop tent. Rooftop tent. But I'd want the clamshell. I wouldn't want the uh, the regular soft um, tent that opens up because it just seems clunky. It seems like it takes a while. Um, it takes a while to tear down. And when you're by yourself, it, it looks difficult. Um, and, and I know that you get into your own routine and, and, it, and it becomes probably pretty easy. But I really do like the clamshell style because uh, you unclip it and you push it up and it opens and then when you want to take it down, you pull the little, the little I, I'm going to say string, but to pull the rope down and uh, and then it kind of eases down and, and you stuff it in and you clip it. And that's it. <laughs> like, that's my kind of, uh, that's kind of my kind of setup. So, um, yeah, please go over to the All Over Overland Facebook page um, if you're not there already and comment to maybe where you're kind of thinking you want to do your um, first trip after we're we're done with the quarantine, and then um, a trip that may be your two to five year trip out there. You know, like the the one that you really really want to do, and it's going to take you some time to either save money, save up time off, or research to really make sure that you've got a good trip going. Tell us tell us about those two ty- types of trips. You know, the first one you're going to do, and then the one that you're planning on that's you know kind of a little further out there. Um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get on here and give you guys a new um, a new podcast to, to kind of listen to and, and, and something to think about while we are in our quarantine because um, it sucks. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I don't like it, and I know you probably don't either. Another thing that you can do is um, Lee Odom and I, if you haven't heard me talk about it, don't know where you've been, but if you hadn't heard me talk about it, it's Overland Radio. So we... We kind of started this Overland Radio thing, and it is still growing. and And I got to tell you, the 
the traction that it has so far and the responses that we're getting have kind of kind of blown my mind a little bit. Like we've got a lot of people that are wanting to come on and do a show. Um, and we could always use more people because there are a ton of spots left open. And then also if you've got a podcast that you want to um, promote on there and um, give us the okay to to put your podcast on one of the um, on the schedule for you know whatever day or or you know if you have a couple or if you or all of them that you do that you want on there, um, that'd be great because it helps promote what you're doing. I mean that was the whole idea of this in the first place. But we've got some exciting things coming up, so be sure to check it out often. Um, I do a show at seven o'clock on uh, Tuesday, and it's a live recorded show. Um, there may be every once in a while that we do um, uh, pre-recorded, but for right now, it is live, and it's Lee and I, and we'll probably start having some guests come on there every once in a while, but we just kind of sit around, make fun of each other, and talk over landing, and, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, our plan is to take that to different events, and you know, once the events start kicking back up, then, uh, then we'll definitely make plans for that. I know that uh, Lee has planned on being at Expedition East, Expedition East, let me back up, Expo East, um, and he plans on being there, and then both of us are going to be at the new Mountain West Expo um, in Colorado, and I think that's in August, so hopefully none of this disrupts any of that time frame for um, for the Expo in Colorado Um there in August. So um, we plan on doing live spots. So we're going to have a place. We're going to have it kind of set up with a buddy of ours that's uh, that's uh, doing trailers. And that that is Brad with um, open range overland um, trailers. So um, we're going to kind of work with him and, and do our spot with him there in the booth. So feel free to walk up and talk to us. And, you know, maybe we'll grab you and get you on the radio with us. And uh, we plan on trying to grab a few people that are there at the expo anyway and have them come over and sit and uh, do live broadcasts. I mean, like live, like like there and like instant on the radio. Um, if anything, if we're having any kind of bad internet connection, then it may take us an hour um, to get somewhere where we can get that uploaded. But uh, Lee is the tech guy and he's really working hard and got some good ideas that maybe... We won't have we won't have those issues, and we'll be able to record it live, upload it instantly um, while you're listening, and that'll keep everybody that can't go informed of what's really really happening. So we're excited about that, and we're gonna hopefully take that to a lot of the different events in the next year, two years, and uh, and grow that. So you guys have been awesome. Um, I appreciate you know you guys listening to the podcast because the podcast numbers have just gone up crazy and that was even before <laughs> before the coronavirus you know people started listening and now that the coronavirus is going on i've seen even more um listeners come over to the all over overland podcast and i gotta say it it, it makes me a little excited um it, it helps me to know that you guys are listening and some of the responses that i get make me feel like i need to keep on doing this but uh um, it's something that I do even if no one was listening and I really enjoy it. I really enjoy overlanding and sharing my experiences and thoughts with you guys. So keep your head up. It's going to be hard. It's going to be weird because we don't like being, um, closed off 
in a building, in a house, whatever it may be. And, you know, they keep telling us that we need to stay home so that we don't spread or be the cause or get sick or any of that stuff with this coronavirus. So I hope you guys are taking that into consideration um, when you're out and about. Um, keep your distance from people. Wash your hands a whole bunch. Don't touch your face. You know, all the things that you've heard them say. And, you know, in the beginning, I was a little skeptical. I was like, whatever. But... Uh, but seeing some of the numbers and talking to some of the people that I have about this, I got to tell you, it's a serious thing. They had a um, they had an interview with uh, the guy that's like the the doctor um, that Michael relies on in Overland Bound. I don't remember his last name, sorry. Um, but they had they were talking to him, and you know, and he's a doctor there in California, and he basically said like. His hospital, let's say, has 127 beds, and it services 300,000 people. And if 1% of those people got sick enough to have to go to the hospital, then they're overrun. I mean, think about it. That's 3,000 people. So even if it's half of that, which would be a half a percent, that's 1,500 people. They're overrun. And then if you broke down that even another half, well, that's 750 people. That still overrun. So you kind of get it. I mean, you're looking at a small percentage of people that would be sick enough to need respirators and different things like that. And the hospitals overrun and people that have, um, I don't want to say normal, but, you know, heart attacks, strokes, accidents, car wrecks, all that kind of stuff, they won't have the hospital beds. So it's, it's a really serious thing. It doesn't sound like when you start saying it's only, you know, a small percentage, when you break that down to what we actually have available to help these people, it's a big deal. So do your thing, keep your distance, um, and uh, dream of going all over. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful day. 